Welcome to Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension, where we talk with people about exploring, making discoveries, and solving problems to better manage our natural resources, and we share ideas to help you learn more and get involved. This is an older episode from when we used a different title, The Naturalist, but the conversation and ideas are still fresh. If you enjoy it, we hope you'll subscribe and listen to more episodes of Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC. Hi everyone, welcome to the Naturalist Podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm Nate Meyer, your host today, and we are going to be talking with Matt Russell from the University of Minnesota, where he is a professor in the Department of Forest Resources and our Extension Forest Ecosystem Health Specialist. We're going to talk about his research efforts and a cool carbon capture program that he's kicking off. Stay tuned until the end of the episode when I'll share some information about where you can learn more about and get involved with this challenge, and maybe even win a cool prize. So Matt, let's dig in. This is a podcast about new discoveries and solving problems to better manage our natural resources. So what is the Carbon Capture Challenge and how are you working with it to inform new discoveries and solve natural resources problems? The Carbon Capture Challenge is a way that landowners, homeowners, and others can get involved in measuring how much carbon is in our trees. One of the great benefits of trees is certainly the clean air, the clean water that they provide. Uh, And increasingly, uh, when we're thinking about the role of trees uh, in our natural environment, uh, when we think about climate change uh, and the role that trees play, a lot of researchers, a lot of uh, policymakers are very interested in carbon because of the benefits that that trees provide. And so the challenge is really asking folks to go out, measure trees near their homes, in their woodlands, to get a sense of how much carbon their trees are sequestering so that they get a better understanding of the role of trees in the global carbon cycle. Thinking broadly, how does this project fit into the overall legacy that you hope to leave through your work? In other words, how do you hope the discoveries or problem solving that you're doing with the Carbon Capture Challenge or some of your other projects will change our environment for the better over time? Yeah, this is a great, uh, great question. One of the things that I really like about it is that it really integrates a lot of what I do as a researcher, kind of when I have my my hat on as a, as a researcher and as a scientist, along with uh, what I do is with outreach to forest landowners. And so where this fits in is really getting people to understand just the role of trees in the carbon cycle, but also it integrates a lot of the stuff that's going to happen behind the scenes with the carbon challenge in terms of calculating how much carbon that is. And so as a researcher, I have a a few projects ongoing with uh, U.S. Forest Service that are really addressing this very thing. That is, how can we better measure and monitor our forests to understand how much carbon, uh, how much biomass are found across our forests? And how do we improve what we know about the science of our forests, about the dynamics of how forests change? When you might think in Minnesota, we might have, say, a, a large windstorm that knocks down a lot of trees. Well, what are the carbon implications for that? A lot of that wood is on the ground, uh, and eventually it will decompose, maybe. Uh, where does that fit into the global carbon cycle? So that's really a thing that I'm really looking forward to with this project, is, is linking my research along with my outreach uh, component as well. How did you become interested in studying forest health, and how does someone step into that field of research? 
Yeah, it's good question. I mean, I think I got interested in forestry like a lot of people get interested in forestry. You know, I grew up just loving to hunt, loving to fish, uh, loving to be outside, go hiking. And I realized that you could get a career in this. You can get a career in managing the forest. And so uh, that was really appealing to me. As I kind of went through my college years and into my graduate school, it became really apparent that if you weren't studying something related to forest health, something related to our changing environment and what that means for our trees and our forest, you weren't really going to have a good place in the scientific community. And so everyone has really like to say, when we get into research, we need to find our niche. And for me, that was really kind of integrating uh, some of my background in uh, modeling how our forests change along with the health of our forests. Uh, and so that's really kind of where I stepped in and was really interested in uh, some of those aspects, linking how we know our forests change, uh, how we can model using statistics and mathematics to better get a sense of how things change along with how our forests are changing with respect to their health. In Minnesota, we have things like the emerald ash borer that are a real big problem, and we're really concerned with that getting into large, expansive areas, particularly in northern Minnesota, where we have vast acreages of black ash in particular. And so we're really interested in managing our forests to try to mitigate the impacts of EAB, uh, and also just to keep forests that are there today forest there in the future. And so that's a big concern. And this is really just one highlight that integrates a lot of what we do, both in extension and the Department of Forest Resources related to, to keeping our forests healthy. You talked about this a little bit earlier, but programs like the Carbon Capture Challenge are a little bit different than our listeners might typically imagine university research happens. Talk a little bit about some of your typical university research projects and why are our projects like the Carbon Capture Challenge that engage the public really important as a part of this work? Yeah, I think it's it's really important. So as one example, um, one of our projects and research is trying to update a lot of uh, what we call carbon accounting models. And as you might expect with uh, just like a tax accountant looks at, you know, what are the inputs, outputs of someone's bank account or a, a business account? That's really not unlike what we're doing uh, in terms of monitoring how our forests change in terms of how much carbon they have. And so one of our ongoing projects is really looking at, well, what's the role of new technology in, in assessing how much carbon is found in a forest or how much carbon we might find in an individual tree? And that's a really exciting spot where a lot of ongoing research is going now. But what we realized pretty quickly, and even myself as a forestry student going through my, my undergraduate program and my grad programs, I never really learned much about carbon uh, and how much, you know, if you look at a tree, uh, how much carbon is found in it. And I think that's a really important thing, not only for foresters and natural resource managers to be aware of, but also for everyone to be aware of. And so that's really the idea of uh, the carbon capture challenge is uh, getting folks out there and just measuring trees or woodlands to get a sense of how much carbon their trees store. Uh, that's going to be able to help us uh, to put into perspective some of the changes that our forests and our trees are facing. How does the carbon become a part of the tree? Where does the carbon come from? It's a good question. Uh, pretty much going back to sixth grade or fifth grade, depending on where you learned it, photosynthesis. And so it's basically the process of photosynthesis that kind of builds carbon in wood. Um, and so when you look at a tree, if you were to, to cut down a tree and weigh it, uh, you'd have the biomass or the total mass of the tree. About half of that mass is carbon. Uh, and so about 50% of the mass of a tree is actually in solid carbon. And so that's really of interest because that carbon is basically pulling CO2 from the atmosphere uh, and basically using it to grow. And that is a really interesting part. And that's what makes trees the opposite of humans. Trees take in CO2. Uh, they give us clean air and uh, oxygen and um, basically turn all, the, all that product into taking in that CO2 and, and turning it into wood. 
And it's important to remove the CO2 because that contributes to climate change, right? Exactly. Yeah, CO2 is one of the one of the biggest greenhouse gases uh, that's in our atmosphere, and that's really the value of forests in that in that forest play. If we look at all of the greenhouse gases that are emitted from driving our cars around, heating our homes, going in an airplane somewhere, um, the forests and trees alone they sequester or they take in uh, about 10 to 15 percent of all the CO2 that's emitted every year, at least in the United States. Uh, and so that's an incredible amount. So you can imagine if uh, if we were to plant the entire United States with, with all trees, uh, then we could potentially be able to capture all of the CO2 that we emit. And now that's certainly unrealistic to, to plant the entire country like that, but there are lots of initiatives that are, that are out there. One of the most recent ones is trying to plant one trillion trees. And so that's one that many of us at Extension have been talking about. What are the implications of that? And could we do a, do a study on that? It's a really interesting time. Now it's, you know, it's Arbor Month in Minnesota. Lots of people are interested in planting trees and getting good ideas for that. So uh, there's a lot of energy around tree planting and for the aspects of uh, removing CO2 from the atmosphere. So give our listeners a peek behind the scenes. Tell us about what are what are some of the cool tools and methods or strategies that you use in working to understand forest ecosystem health? Yeah, it's a, a great question. My training is kind of in what we call forest growth modeling. And so trying to use uh, statistical models to really understand how our forests change. And that's uh, a lot of the times we have specific software developed. And so uh, we can go out and do an, an inventory in a forest or a woodland today, uh, and we can plug it into the software and we could find out in 50 years or in 100 years, what, do our, what does our forest look like? Uh, and what if we wanted to do some kind of forest management? Well, we can apply that in the software uh, and see what comes out. Increasingly, uh, one of the things that we've been looking at more and using more are new technologies. And so there's a large amount of uh, remote sensing tools now available. Uh, you think about satellites, things like Landsat, things like light detection and, rad and ranging or LIDAR, uh, even things like radar and sonar. Uh, folks are using those to understand what's happening in the forest. And one of the coolest things and one of the things that I'm excited about is we're bringing lasers into the woods. Um, and so there's a lot of uh, handheld or, or portable terrestrial laser scanners. And so we're doing one project now. We're trying to seek some funds to do that across a range of sites across Minnesota. So technology is changing. And that's one of the most exciting things about how it influences the things behind the scenes uh, in terms of research that, that's ongoing. You know, you, you mentioned before that the carbon capture challenge is going to help you gather some data that can help improve models that that help us understand how trees capture carbon. But I think the tech here is a little bit lower than lasers in the woods. So tell us a little bit about how our listeners can get involved specifically in the carbon capture challenge. What, what will they do if they join the challenge and what will you do with their results? Yeah, so there are two aspects of the carbon capture challenge. The first one is you can measure an individual tree. Uh, and so it could be a tree out in your yard, uh, maybe your woodland. Uh, and what we ask you to do is to measure the diameter of that tree at breast height or what we call diameter at breast height or DBH. And so that's about four and a half feet above the ground. Uh, and that's really the standard place where all foresters will measure something on a tree. And the good thing is that if you have that measurement, the diameter at that spot along the tree, we can use that to find out how much volume is in the tree, how much biomass is in the tree, and for the purposes of the carbon challenge, how much carbon is in the tree. And so that's a really useful tool that we use. So identifying which species it is and then the diameter. Uh, and so we ask folks to do that uh, before May 29th. And so the idea here with the carbon capture is we want to capture 
how much growth you have across the growing season. Um, and so even right now, the, the trees are starting to grow here now. By May 29th, uh, submit your responses. And then what will happen behind the scenes is I'll go ahead and, and go in and calculate how much carbon you're starting with at the start of the growing season. And then your trees grow throughout the growing season. We ask you again to measure the same tree again after the end of the growing season. Uh, and then we'll calculate how much carbon is sequestered. And then we'll give you some fun numbers like if your tree grows a certain amount, here's the equivalent in the number of smartphones you can charge uh, just by looking at the two diameters of the tree at two points in time, or how many gallons of gasoline have driven, what's the equivalent of carbon in your tree compared to CO2 that it removed from the atmosphere. Uh, and so I think that's really one of the more fun aspects is to get those kinds of numbers and see what they, what they turn out to be. So the, the one is the individual tree uh, option, and then the other is a woodland. And so if you go into a woodland and measure a small plot, and so it might be not just one tree, but maybe 10 to 30 trees, uh, depending on the nature of your, of your woodland that you're standing in. And you said the first date to be able to enter into the challenge is to take your reading by May 29th. When is the end date? So the end date is September 30th. Um, and so by that time, uh, most of the trees, at least in Minnesota, have stopped growing, or, or at least they've done probably 95% of their growth um, by that point in time. So between May 29th and September 30th. Great. And, and I understand there's a prize at stake? There is, yeah. We've got these beautiful uh, cribbage boards made out of wood. And, and they're, they're just wonderful. They're, they're made from uh, reclaimed urban wood. And they're just wonderful, made from white oak, from a couple of trees that were actually reclaimed from here in the Twin Cities area. Uh, it's a really cool prize. Uh, we're looking forward to giving out to the two winners. One will go to the person whose tree sequesters the most carbon, and one to the woodland that sequesters the most carbon. So as you know well, our listeners love to learn more about and help with environmental stewardship. So beyond the carbon capture challenge, what are some other ways that you suggest they learn about or get involved with for forest ecosystem health over the summer? Yeah, I think one is uh, stay in tune to what extension, our, our next class in the Master Woodland Owner Program. I think that's a great way to uh, be involved with uh, extension and what we offer in terms of our courses um, and in terms of our uh, education to really that's focused to private woodland owners. And another thing I'm excited about and to share with woodland owners is uh, we have a new version of our woodland stewardship book, about um, 250 pages of really great uh, woodland stewardship advice and really tree care advice uh, in general. And so it really uh, goes the whole gamut of the importance of understanding what you have in your woods through a woodland inventory to uh, getting you to understand what your goals are. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, how you might work with a professional forester uh, or if a, a logger, uh, if it's right for your woods, and it kind of takes you through from, from starting out to, uh, to kind of completing your woodland management plan. So uh, that's a really exciting tool that I would point readers to. And my last question, I know you're familiar with social media apps. So what is a hashtag that you wish would really take off? Like millions of people were sharing it. And it could be something about your work or just something important to you. That's great. I, I think we, we've tried this hashtag in the future and it didn't take off like we had, had planned to, but I really like hashtag explore your woods. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot behind that. And, you know, exploration can be really anything you make it. It could be uh, going out and bird watching in the early morning. It could be, uh, you know, bushwhacking up a mountain that you've never been up before. And, and so I think the, the idea of exploring your woods is really learning more from your woods, exploring kind of the places you, you're not familiar with. So Explore Your Woods would be a great hashtag, I think.
Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Naturalist. Please visit extension.umn.edu and search for the Minnesota Tree and Woodland Carbon Capture Challenge to learn more about and get involved with the project. Visit open.lib.umn.edu forward slash woodland stewardship to read a copy of the Woodland Stewardship Guide. You can also visit natural resources in the learn about section of the extension site to learn more about healthy forests. Huge thanks to Matt for joining me on the podcast this week. This episode was recorded over Zoom from our homes during the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. We hope you enjoyed the opportunity for some advanced training during your daily walk, while gardening, or while sitting at your desk. Share a comment or give us a like to let us know you value the podcast. We look forward to sharing another episode soon. In the meantime, stay safe, be healthy, and we hope you enjoy Nature in Place.